Wilson. You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast, joined by Ben White, John Schuster. I'm merely Mike Luke. We have the great Damon behind the scenes, making us sound better than we should. All right, guys, Morgan State stinks. We'll talk about Morgan State for a little bit. But guys, this is our first real live game action. This is clearly a more athletic team, uh, John Schuster, than we have seen in uh, than we saw last year and had some guys that can actually dribble the ball. Uh, and and <laughs> it's an interesting uh, comparison to start that way. And one of the things that I think is going to happen is that because of Arizona's athleticism, it's going to be able to trickle down and complement some other guys who maybe ultimately, uh, I think Pella Larson, generally speaking, is the guy who maybe will benefit more from Arizona's across the board athleticism. Right. Because now he isn't necessarily a number one target, but you'll be focusing, you know, the opposition will be focusing on other guys, and Larson is still a very good player who can feast off that sort of situation. But, Mike, uh, you make a good point. Thanks. Very often, uh, it's rare, but uh, and and I think we need, it's news. It's breaking news when you do it, so, you know, we have to, we have to pay it its uh, appropriate heed. It'll be part of the uh, news cycle here as uh, we move on. But, um, generally speaking, uh, I, I think Arizona in the first couple years under Lloyd, I guess the only couple years under Lloyd, uh, has sort of had to maybe make a choice on the offensive end. You are a passing team that moves well without the ball at the expense of being a team that can get into the lane. Right. And it appears to me right now, and this is, again, what you uh, touched on with a little bit more than just a slight amount of joshing, Arizona now appears to be both. And that makes things uh, doubly problematic, I think, when you're trying to scout them. Ben, we have players that can dribble the ball, and it makes it more difficult for teams to defend that. This is true. It is true. I mean, you had eight different guys in double figures tonight. Granted, it's a uh, high school gym team. But at the same time, I mean, Mulebach even made this point on the broadcast when you look at Love, when you look at Boswell, when you look at Bradley, when you look at Kashad Johnson down low, when you look at leader of men, Umar Balo, I mean, this roster has a lot to play with in the sense that you've got six or seven guys that can go off for 20 plus at any given night. Um, a lot of weapons, a lot of explosive, explosive plays, a lot of athleticism. And that's really what's been missing the last couple of years. It was certainly missing last year against Princeton. And Arizona, I think from a guard standpoint, and really just an overall lineup and just depth standpoint, they're definitely going to be one of the deepest teams in the country. I mean, I know we joke and we have said in years past, oh, Arizona basketball teams are so talented, they can go 10 to 11 deep. But the way this roster is, I mean, you've got 10 to 11 guys right there that you can play with. And it's not to say that the roster is going to be 11 or 12 guys deep, but you got a lot of good problems to have there, Mike Luke. Uh, yes, you got a lot of really good problems to have. Um, also, another good problem to have, get on to PHNX right now. They are having the uh, takeovers for uh, Arizona ASU right there. Check out the show notes and the link in the description. Get your tickets to Arizona ASU right there. 26, I believe. First come, first serve. All right. Now, Caleb Love right now. Um, Caleb Love is uh, somebody that Arizona did not have last year. Um, uh, literally 
literally and figuratively, John Schuster. Um, just to rehash, this is somebody that uh, drew the ire of many North Carolina fans because uh, he likes to shoot the ball, but he's also dropped 28 points, 30 points in a Final Four game. Last year's team didn't have the type of player like Caleb Love that could beat somebody off the dribble. He's shown that multiple times this year. We're going to talk about all these guys in depth, but Schuster, very impressed by what I've seen from Caleb Love. He's a nice player to have on this team. You know, and it's one of those things, uh, you and I in our occasional basketball discussions, I think, uh, and have preferences that lean in other directions on the offensive end to some degree. We both appreciate... I like the I I like teams that move the ball around. I think you like the idea of beating guys one on one off the dribble and then using penetration to be able to either get to the rack or kick out appropriately and try to make something happen like that. Uh, it seems here that the 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 better news is that Arizona, with Love especially, now has added a dimension on the offensive end. And consider Arizona was an generally excellent offensive basketball team last year. Right. But having guys like Love and uh, the growth of Boswell gives uh, gives them, I think, even a little bit more versatility. They aren't afraid. It's not like, yeah, they aren't afraid to get into the lane. It's not as right. it's not the lane is a tar pit or that you can stop them effectively. And there were times last year where I think uh, – the opposition could figure out what it was that you needed to do to try to disrupt Arizona on the offensive end. And as the season moved along, and I'm kind of interested in this once we get into December and January as well, when teams have more visuals to try to figure out how to attack Arizona on that end of the floor, how it is they're going to do it. Um, remember last year, Arizona started out like this too. Uh, there's a reason they were a number two seed in the tournament. Mm -hmm. They were, you know, they won 27 games last year. Had a lot of good things going well, you know, conference champions and the rest of it. You know, it's not like does despite the frustration and despite the fears of what we knew could very well happen had it, heading into the tournament, Arizona was a good basketball team right. that won a lot of games because it, it, it its system is conducive to being uh, successful at this level throughout the course of the regular season. That said... If you consider what Arizona was able to do in, let's say, the first 10 games of the season, and then what they were able to do a little bit later in the uh, at least early portion of the conference season, they were putting up about 90 points a game early on, and that dropped precipitously once teams, you know, the uh, opposition got a little bit better, talent, uh, you know, was able to match them, and Arizona was scouted a little bit. So they're even with their quality, there was a one-dimensional component to some degree. You could scout them a little easier right. and figure out how to go about that. I'm curious to see this year how successful teams are in that regard now that Arizona appears to be more effective and able to do not just one thing well, which is pass and move without the ball and get good looks that way, but now get into the rim and do those sorts of things as well. And and that's an added dimension that makes things very difficult on other teams. See, yeah, and Ben, I, I think a part of what Schuster's saying too is that last year, because he's right, um, believe it or not, Schuster is right on this one, um, that uh, – it's a night of rarities. It is. When you move the ball, though, that's obviously a really good thing. But when I find out that nobody on the team can penetrate, when you know that Kirk Creasa, when you know that uh, Courtney Ramey, Pella Larson, these guys can't dribble, I can start figuring that out after a while and playing out on you because they're not looking to get into the lane. This team's a little bit more different in that regard in that they can get by you. But I will say this. It's not the Allen Iverson type thing where you, uh, you're going to dribble the ball 30 times to get by. 
players like Caleb Love, players like this, we're going to get into, they get two to three dribbles right here. That would be the uh, caveat. Ben White, talk while I put my ring light on so people can see me better. Well, it, it's definitely the most versatile, I think, Lloyd team for sure. And let's use that word cautiously and let, let's break that down, right? I mean, last year, Arizona, from an offensive standpoint, as efficient as they were, as much as they moved the ball around, you really knew kind of in terms of scoring who the ball was going to go to. It was going to go to Tubelis down low. It was going to go to Balo down low. Um, and outside of that, there wasn't much consistency. Grisa didn't have a great year. Shooting woos. You talk about the guard play. How long were we waiting until Ramey and some of these other guys stepped up and you didn't really see it come to fruition until the Pac-12 tournament, quite honestly. So I think that's the beauty of this team. It's it's so unique, and there's so many different puzzle pieces that just fit really well, at least early on. Caleb Love is a guy who's been on the biggest stage. Shad Johnson, same thing, played in the national title game last year. Athletic, big. This team is versatile. This team can do a lot of different things. And you have a nice balance of young guys, too. Look at Boswell. Year two, I get it's one game, but he already looks like somebody who's a lot more comfortable out there. The game looks like it has slowed down. He was hitting clutch shot after clutch shot tonight. KJ Lewis is going to be somebody who's going to be a problem, especially when he figures out that half-court game, which he will. Uh, this team has a lot of different pieces. And to Schuster's point, it's exactly right. It's hard to scout because Love is Arizona's best player far and away. We totally get that, but... Arizona's not going to make or break a season just based off how love plays alone. There are a lot of guys out there who can carry the weight. There are a lot of critical pieces where I think last year's team, it went as far as Tubelis was willing to take it. And even if Tubelis was having a fantastic game from an impact standpoint, you know, he's not an athletic wing. He's not really a difference maker per se. He's a great player. We loved having him, but it's just an entirely different dynamic altogether. Let's talk about the front court right there because, Ben White, you led me right into that point. But first, DraftKings. All right, now. You might be like John Schuster and somebody that can never put down the NBA channels when you're watching. When you're perusing and you see in John Schuster could be watching the Hornets against the uh, the Nets. Pistons. Or the Pistons. Yes, bet against the Pistons. <laughs> and he will find you. But here, basketball, even for somebody like John Schuster, mm -hmm. it's more fun when you're in the action. Here's the deal. New customers can bet $200 in bonus bets instantly or get $200 for just betting $5 only on DraftKings Sports with code PHNX. All right, here's the disclaimer, everybody. You're going to be very impressed by this. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling, 888-789 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort, uh, Kansas. Licensee uh, partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours, my friends, after issuing See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms for eligibility and deposit restriction terms and responsible gaming sources. All right. Up front, Azulis Tabellis was very, very good for what for Arizona last year. Um, again, you average 20 and 9. That is what it is. I always got the sense, though, that Arizona could get kind of bullied or bullied against certain teams. And I think you kind of saw that against Pr Princeton. Schuster. 
Keyshawn Johnson might not put up the numbers that uh, Azulis Tabellis did, but I am going to go on record and saying he will be every bit the impactful player, my friend. I think he's going to get 14-8 and eight just by running the court, and I think he's going to instill a toughness that Arizona did not have. Slap me around if I am wrong. Ow, you're right. Uh, so I had to slap myself around because you're right. The other thing that uh, – but I'll, I'll probably harp on this throughout post-game shows throughout the course of the year. I brought this up a lot last year too. I think because of the transfer portal and a bunch of new guys in different locations year to year to year to year to year to year to year, the thing that we're going to come across on a fairly consistent basis now is a – caliber of college basketball that generally speaking is not going to be good, not going to be as consistent throughout the first two or three months of the season. And where does that most notably hurt? That hurts you on the offensive end because teams that have a hard time with inconsistency trying to get everything working together are going to go through pockets of struggles on that end. Arizona is a team that is a little bit more advanced or, or a lot more advanced on the offensive end. We've seen that under Tommy Lloyd. We've seen that uh, under his uh, protege up in uh, Spokane. Gonzaga goes through this too. Many years ago at Arizona, Lute Olson was more advanced on the offensive end. But because teams are missing buckets more consistently, I think, the key number, in my opinion, across college basketball is – Offensive rebounding, rebounding in general and offensive rebounding as well. If you give Arizona a second shot opportunity on the offensive end, you're dead in the water. Forget it. Close the book. They have too many weapons uh, to be able to kept down uh, to be kept down, I think, on a consistent basis. So if you have guys on the inside now who can crash the glass and give you additional opportunities, that adds to things being a problem. I think it's I, I think across college basketball, rebounding is going to be the most important number we see in the teams that excel on offensive rebounding, uh, I, I think have an opportunity to be very successful. And if you throw that into the mix, along with Arizona's ability to score uh, with their system as it is, I think that's a good recipe for a lot of success. All right, real quick, David Stith, you're correct. My bad, Pella. You played very well today. We need to continue, but the hashtag my bad Pella movement will not stop. Now, speaking of something that won't stop, John Schuster making good points with Ben White disagreeing with these points hello ben white hello mike luke <laughs> <laughs> that was an interesting transition that um was, no <laughs> that was that was analytical insight well done well yeah done. there we go no i think i think i think schuster's onto something there um and i think when you look at tonight obviously morgan state doesn't have the size that a lot of these teams in the early conference or non-conference season arizona is going to see right but at the same time what 20 two offensive rebounds pretty damn good number in any right. college basketball game regardless um and i think it goes to and it speaks to the cowboy player that you have in that front court again with tubelas it's not to say that he wasn't wasn't a great impactful player it's not to say that he didn't make a difference here but it, what wins in march is athleticism i think a lot of people like to hype guard play but with the way the transfer portal is and with the way college basketball is structured Teams with the grown men are traditionally winning these titles now. And Arizona brought in some experience. They brought in some size. And I think they have dogs. I think all these guys are hungry. 
I think there was a lack of aggression and maybe that killer instinct wasn't there last year, just with some of the players like Carissa with Tubelis and so on. It's just a different composition of roster. And as Arizona progresses throughout the regular season, we're going to get a great look at this on Friday with Duke from a front court standpoint, as good as Duke is when it comes to their guards, how does Arizona match up Michigan state? I get that they lost tonight and we might get to that a little bit later, Mm -hmm. but again, a team that plays really physical and tough up front. So this is the year that it's going to be crucial and pivotal for the Wildcats to really have a versatile front court. And I think somebody like Kashad Johnson, he's not the best shooter per se, and he may not score 20 points a game, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he turns into a guy who can score 20 points a game. I think the ceiling is there. I think that Arizona is in a good position. And I think from a, from a roster composition standpoint, it's definitely the best fit and definitely the best group of players that Tommy Lloyd has had. And it's not even close. All right. Now we got to talk about Kylan Boswell and KJ Lewis and Umar Ballo, leader of men. And don't worry, we'll get to Philly B talk, but first it's time for the DraftKings pick of the week. John Schuster, Arizona Duke. We don't even have the line yet. Who do you like in this game though? John Schuster. Oh, Arizona's going to win. That's what now like. what you now, now one of the things you might want to consider in the early uh, ye- a year as far as college basketball is concerned. Uh, for instance, this is rare, okay? It's a night of rarities. One of the rarities isn't going to be Arizona scoring over 100 points. I think that's going to be fairly common. One of the rarities is how amazingly right we all are. For mm-hmm. instance, tonight on DraftKings, uh, the person in the uh, lower box there, for those of you listening to the podcast on the radio, that would be the bald guy, had <laughs> a uh, had a 14 parlay with a DraftKings 64% college basketball boost, and he went under in uh, Iona, under in West Virginia, under in Colorado, and the over with Arizona. Ten bucks paid him two hundred. You deserve so, that. So, so my th- general thought process is: if you're trying to navigate in the early stages, you might consider looking at the unders at least over the course of the first two or three weeks until uh, some of these books maybe uh, catch up a little bit and then seriously consider the over at Arizona because they're so advanced on the offensive end. All of that ramble and uh, humble brag, there wasn't any humble about that. I'm awesome. Uh, All of that uh, (laughs) aside, um, I think, I think Arizona is going to represent itself very well at Duke and get a lot of attention as a result. Before this year is done, here's another DraftKings uh, not, not on the board right now prediction. Arizona's going to be ranked number one at some point this year. I don't know when. I don't know for how long. But at some point this season, Arizona's going to be ranked number one. And I think there's reason to believe they can turn in a very representative, if not impressive, showing at Cameron in, uh, what, three or four days. Shu, what did you think of the guard play, specifically Kylan Boswell, some of the newcomers? We talked about uh, Caleb Love. K.J. Lewis is a player that really kind of stands out to me. Um, I thought he was really underrated coming into the game or coming into the season. Um there's a lot of talent there and it looks a little bit more like the loot teams and that you could kind of look around. Yeah, there's a, there's a situation I think where, you know, Arizona in the backcourt 
you know, is 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 uh, delivering very well. And uh, I thought one of the things that fascinated me the most, and again, you know, it's obviously notably inferior competition, but Arizona looked so smooth and fluid. And it looked like even bringing in all of these new players and trying to incorporate them effectively, there was an understanding of where they were supposed to be on the floor, an understanding of how to break down your opponent, an understanding of where a teammate or a secondary teammate was. And they were able to find somebody open with a consistent, easy look on an eerily regular basis. This is and and being able to get into the lane helps in this regard if you have guys who are also willing to do both. Eh, if you got an open shot at the rim, take it. If somebody else has an open shot at the rim or an open three-pointer, you can take that as well. Arizona, at least now, you know, and obviously Duke is a far superior defensive team. A lot of the teams on Arizona's schedule are going to be much better athletic. Did Morgan and, State? And much hard to fathom, I know. And believe it or uh, not. But so, but at least in this matchup today, what Arizona was able to do on the offensive end looked remarkably fluid as they were trying to incorporate uh, new talent. And it feels as though there weren't a lot of points where they didn't know where everybody or at least an important somebody was on the floor. And, and that helps. You can get into the lane and you have that kind of ball movement. You can be a real problem on the offensive end. Yeah, and it was mentioned in the comments, too. I mean, how many times last year, whether it was in the non-conference, whether it was even in the Pac-12 season, did this team just play down to its competition and, and kind of sleepwalk through those first halves? So obviously in a game like this, like Shu said, it was so fluid. Guys knew where they needed to be. You had eight guys in double figures. And I think the number that really speaks out is the turnovers, right? I mean, right. from a turnover standpoint, Arizona only had seven. And with the tempo that they play at, it's a hell of a low number to have, especially in a game where you're putting up 122 points. Um, I, I think that the other thing, too, is I think the guards have a much more better understanding of what their role is and, and how they flow within the offense. I think last year, Carissa set a, a bad tone for the team in the sense that he was a guy who was all about himself, meaning that he wanted to kind of take the shots. I get that his assist numbers are really good and he got the ball in and around the, the court. But at the same time, when it came to being efficient in clutch time, when it came to passing it maybe a little bit more down low as much as Tubelas and Balo got the ball last year I still came away from a lot of those games thinking that they should have had more touches and I think when you bring in somebody like Caleb Love who is just so open-minded to reinventing himself and understanding that I need to be an efficient player I can't be a ball hog and I'm here to win and help space the floor and and help my teammates because that's what it's going to take quite honestly for me to get to the next level I think he has a great understanding of that um, not sure if you guys saw there was a great piece in the athletic about a month or two ago just talking about his experience um, Brian Hamilton put it up just talking about his experience when it comes to coming to Arizona and there was a moment in practice where I guess he was hogging the ball. He took a pretty bad jumper and then took a pretty bad threes. It was just a series of bad offensive possessions. You know what we've seen at times from him at UNC and granted a lot of that had to do with the fact that the team around him just wasn't very good, um, especially last year. But point being this moment in practice where he was just super frustrated, didn't really know what to do. And Tommy Lloyd just comes up with him to us with a smile and says, Hey, I just, I needed you to make those mistakes. Now you understand 
what we need to do. Now you understand the adjustments you need to make. And I think the sky is the limit with him and I'll give it to him. You know, a lot of players in his position, he could have easily wanted to go somewhere else where, you know, the roster isn't quite constructed like this, a place where he can put up a lot of shots per game and essentially dominate the ball. But he's willing to take the back seat. And while he's still Arizona's best player, um, he's going to get everybody involved. And I think you saw that tonight. And I think you're going to continue to see that. So what Ben White is saying is that he was playing hero ball last year. Now, let me tell you about hero bread, my friends. High fiber and ultra low net carbs. John Schuster's diet, my diet right there. Hero bread, though. Check it out right now. Hero bread or right here is offering 10% off their first order. Just go to hero.co and use code PHNX on hero bread. That's hero.co to save 10 percent off today all right also guys when was the last time you went to circle k be honest schuster ben don't lie we need to come clean right here last time you went to circle k it's been a while but i've driven past quite a few of them lately okay well you know what i was at the one on oracle and grant again getting a little bit more street cred as i go on it was very impressive right there i walked by about seven different rough looking people right there and you know what? It's Circle K. Everybody is welcome in. Again, check it out and listen to this, uh, John Schuster. This is actually something very, very good that I think you're going to like. Circle K. Join the inner circle today. Do you get it? For free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details. All right. John Schuster is a uh, John Schuster is somebody who is a big fan of Gonzaga basketball over the years. He likes watching it. And I'll be honest with you, when Arizona hired the Tommy gun, I didn't know what to make of it. And he said it's going to be a fantastic hire. That's why we listen to the man right there with the Columbo over his right shoulder. Uh Montias Crevis, big man came off the bench, all seven foot two, 245 pounds of him. He's going to be a difference maker this year, John Schuster, I believe. And he doesn't, he feel like the typical Gonzaga type big man that they developed for a year. And then by the time he's a sophomore or junior, he's averaging 17 and nine. Doesn't he feel just like that? Doesn't Arizona seem to have a lot of those people on the roster this year? And yeah, yeah, their their depth is, uh, and he's an example of the depth that they possess. Uh, that, that that it feels like they are able to go too deep at every position, which gives you a good bench. And he's one of those guys who, when you bring him off the bench, it's like, oh, geez, now we got now, another now we got one. I oh, got something else to deal with here. And that, and that, I think, is one of the elements of relentlessness that is uh, going to benefit Arizona. And, you know, I think against better teams, there will be an opportunity where because of that depth and because of players like this on the inside and, of course, uh, in other positions, uh, that you'll have a situation where, you know, maybe the, the game's very close. It's kind of it, it'll be classic era Golden State-esque, you know, where for the college basketball version for 16 minutes, things are relatively close. And then because of depth on the bench, there's a notable disparity and Arizona starts to go on a run, maybe puts uh, strings together a 10 point uh, margin of separation, a 15 point margin of separation. You do that uh, two times a game, once each half, you're going to be pretty successful. 
it's the depth thing that I think helps a lot. And obviously, if you've got some big guys on the inside consistently, uh, it helps with your defense as well. And you and you put the other team in a position where, especially if you can be efficient on the offensive end, their need to be able to try to constantly keep up becomes a problem. Ben White. Well, I think too, and I mean, from a depth standpoint, if if you've got guys in foul trouble, I mean, he's going to be a ter- terrific option to throw out there as well. So he's a decoy. He's somebody that I think can keep Arizona's front court in just about any game, just because he's a great B player. He's a guy who you're going to throw out. Had a dunk at the end of the first half, and he's aggressive. You know, he's not afraid to to go up for the shot from a defensive standpoint. I think he understands if he doesn't play good defense and if he's not motioning and if he's not in the right spot, it's probably not going to be out there he's certainly talented and uh you know when you look back at last year's team and some of these other teams from a depth standpoint he's somebody that certainly can't hurt arizona definitely helps them more than hurts them and we haven't been able to say that about a lot of guys on the bench when it comes to the front court lately one of lute olson's things that he always teased us with but he never actually did and most coaches do this as well sean miller certainly did this as well oh we're gonna go 10 deep this year and you never go 10 deep you essentially go six deep and maybe you play a player here or there This might, again, I'm not saying they're going to go 10 deep, but looking at this roster right now, looking at these players that are going to play meaningful minutes all year, Kylan Boswell is going to play meaningful minutes all year. Pella Larson, Caleb Love, Jaden Bradley, Keisha Johnson, Umar Ballo, leader of men, Mount Crevis, KJ Lewis. Those dudes are all playing. There's eight guys right there. I think we're looking at an eight-man rotation right here. And uh, honestly, Shu, I don't know that there's even if Tommy the Tommy Gun doesn't want to do it. I don't know that there's any any way that he can't because all the I think all eight of those guys got to play. Yeah, that's a good eight. And right now you're in a position and and obviously it's extraordinarily early, mm-hmm. but uh, those seem to be the players right now that uh, you, you know are probably going to get the majority of the playing time. But I think also early in the season against some of the uh, PACX competition. Uh, you're you're going to have plenty of games this year where player 9, player 10, 11, and 12 are going to get a lot of time too. And you don't – and that's okay because Arizona's going to beat a lot of teams by significant margins. Uh, so, you know, I think ultimately chances are pretty good that that's the eight that will probably be – settled into but a lot can change obviously injuries can and you know to some degree very well might happen and it's good to have depth uh at every position so you know you don't want to lose a major player but arizona seems to be in a position where it could weather the storm if it does uh and if it doesn't then that just makes that depth all the much better arizona and 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 it's weird that we're talking about this because under lloyd you know we we understand he's won 61 games in two years it's an ncaa record yeah, it's decent. But this team, just in one game, feels like a different animal. Yes. And and that is and and if you were as successful as you were over the course of the first two years, maybe largely because of the system. How good can you be with the system and better players? And that seems to be the where Arizona very well might be this year and if it is i think we're not going to go the first year when arizona went into the tournament under lloyd they were really highly seated we were kind of blinded to what it was that maybe they could do so it became a concern in the second you know and they didn't look particularly good in the first round it's like yeah okay they got that out of the system didn't know what to do and then the tcu game was scary 
Um, And and that was kind of an eye opener in the tournament. And then they weren't physical enough to beat Houston in in the Sweet 16. Last year, I don't think any of us anticipate, you know, uh, really anticipated that Arizona was going to lose to Princeton, but we would not have been surprised if Arizona suffered a loss in the second round uh, and and was one of those teams that didn't get out of the first weekend because we had a bad idea of what might be in front of us decide, despite a seed that Arizona deserved based on its regular season resume. This year feels to me, and I know I, I get it, it's one game overreacting and the rest of it. They just look different and look more skilled, more athletic, and almost like they have the ability to engage in a killer instinct that makes it hard to fathom that they're going to be an early exit candidate like they have in the first two years under Lloyd once we get to the tournament. All right. Yeah, and I think you go ahead, Ben. I'm sorry. I, and I think you have too many players on the team there to piggyback off what you said that aren't going to allow that to happen. Somebody like Kayla Love is not going to go out in the first weekend. Uh, Somebody like Jaden Bradley, who comes from an Alabama program that went as far as they did, he has the experience being around a program. Granted, what they had a lot of challenges last year, but at the same time, you got to take that seriously. And then Kashad Johnson, another tough guy from a national title perspective. It gets interesting because then we talk about the culture of this team and, and the leadership of it. And I think you have a lot of leaders in that locker room, whereas leaders of men or just leaders. I'm getting to it, Mike. I'm teasing it. You had the leader of men last year in Omar, Omar Ballo. But outside of that, I think last year's team, you didn't have a lot of leaders. Tubelis wasn't a leader. Uh, Carissa wasn't a leader. So you've got a number of different guys here, a perfect combination of veteran, a perfect combination of young talk about a freshman like KJ Lewis. And it's one game. It's a terrible opponent. Totally get that. But if we're having this conversation about how much better uh, they are, just imagine how much better they'll be three, four months from now. I mean, Lloyd, it's no secret when it comes to a developmental standpoint has shown year after year that whatever player he takes, whether it's somebody who's a fifth year grad transfer or it's somebody who's a freshman, by and large, the guys who have come through the Arizona basketball program have gotten better under him. I mean, look at somebody like Courtney Ramey, for an example, last year as an older player who kind of folks thought he is what he is. I think Caleb Lubb will only continue to get better. I think somebody like KJ Lewis is going to potentially mold himself into a lottery pick like you were saying earlier, Mike. There's just a lot of potential and a lot of talent and different sports, obviously, but it's kind of similar to what's going on with the Arizona football program Uh Amazing what happens when you get uh, better talent and better players now, is it? Now, you might say, where can I go to watch this Duke game? It might be in uh, North Carolina. Do what John Schuster and his good buddy William Brad Allis have done. Use game time. Not necessarily for the trips to Cameron, but if they're going to watch the rock that Brad likes, they use game time. That impression was spot on, too. That sounds like about 38 bands that Brad and I have seen. Yes, there you go. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHNX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHNX for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Low last-minute prices, lowest prices, guaranteed, and shady rays. Now, you might look at us, say there's no way these guys could ever be cool. Generally, you're right. You're wrong, though. Shady rays. Anybody that puts Shady Race on us, 
hide everybody out there. We're going to look very, very cool right there. Check it out exclusively for our listeners. Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized, not polarizing sunglasses right there. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. All right. On a uh, on the Tommy Lloyd note, shoot, we got to give him, I think you got to give him a lot of credit and Ben too as well on this because a lot of coaches that are 61 and 11 would basically say, no matter what happens in March, poppycock. I know better than you. I'm going to keep doing what I did. Lloyd clearly took inventory of the roster, knew that he needed to make some changes. And he was talking with Brian Jeffries on the uh, pregame show about that, that they needed to get deeper and they needed to get tougher and they needed to get more players that could stress a defense. So far, so good, John Schuster. Yeah, he, and and he was, it, it's a huge kudo to recognize it and to put your ego and arrogance to the side to rec- understand what it is you need to make work to improve the program and, well, you know, frankly, keep your job. Uh, and and secondly, that he was able to do it. I think those are, uh, you know, sometimes those are very different things. You can go to a number of, you know, I, I guess I could go to Oregon State and say, you know what, we really need to get some five-star athletes here. But, you're not, you know, we right. really need to be more physical on the inside, really need to have some explosiveness at the four. Uh, great. You're Oregon State. Uh, but we would all Arizona. be coaching if it was that easy, right? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yes. And, and and so the willingness to do it, I think, is you believe in the system. You know what the foundation is, but you're also willing to self-scout and see where there are concerns, where there are problems, and what you can do about it. And Lloyd appears in the early stages to be uh, very successful at that. Again, we're talking about – they just look – and it's weird, I know. I, I mean, it's absolutely possible Arizona goes into Duke and gets throttled. I just don't think it's going to happen. You're not, but you don't think that's going to happen, John. Schuster. I don't think it's going to. It's possible. It's Cameron. You're talking about Arizona going into an extraordinarily difficultly difficult place to play against an excellent, the premier basketball program, and, and of the last you know, fifty years. Yes, and and and, and so losing there is the norm. And we're on this show, and I get that it's an Arizona thing. I'm watching, I'm looking at Arizona, and I'm thinking, I think they can be really representative in that game, and I think they can win. And and and, and if that happens, then a lot of other people are talking about Arizona in the uh, tone that we are as well. Now, you play the, it's great that you're able to schedule these games and play these matchups uh also, uh, because they're great litmus tests to see mm-hmm. where you might be and what kind of talent you have or what kind of improvement uh, perhaps you need. And I'll I'll use a Mike Luke Nebraska example here last year with Creighton. And Creighton was ranked number seven in the preseason last year. Mm-hmm. And they go in and, and, and they schedule a gauntlet in the non-conference. They go into, um, I think it was Maui, lost Arizona, lost to somebody else. And I think that took the steam completely out of their program because they thought they belonged. And they right. thought they were a title contender. That's a good point, yeah. 
And and then they weren't able to live up to it when they came across better teams and their confidence was shot for upwards of two or three months. Right. Then when they got into the tournament, it finally started to work for them. And they were and they had a really good tournament run with a chance to even go deeper if a play here or a play there breaks breaks their way. But it took them. December wasn't very good. January was a mess. It took them a long period of time. So when you schedule these games, there's always the possibility as an up-and-coming program that maybe you get slapped around a little bit and then you've got to deal with the confidence issue. But it is a great opportunity, and games like these are a blast, I think, for fans as well, uh, to be able to see two quality programs uh, go head to head. I was about to say duke it out, and then I backed up on that <laughs> rightfully, uh, and, and and see how things go. And it's a it's a fantastic opportunity uh, for Arizona in a matchup that can go a variety of ways. Especially, you know, if Arizona gets throttled, you know what you got to work on. Uh, if Arizona, if it's close and representative, you come out of that game saying, okay, Arizona can be a factor. If Arizona goes in there and is clearly the better team. Now you start to look at uh, the program in the West in uh, uh, a different tone, and it starts to get noticed yet again with a lot of other marquee non-conference matchups on the horizon. Meisner or Misner, either way, I applaud this. This is very good. One of these super snaps right there. Thanks for doing this late night analysis. We appreciate you because if you're not listening, then it doesn't really matter. Thank you very much right there. These things are awesome. I like these things. Um, All right, Ben White. You are probably going to watch this Arizona Duke game. This is correct. <laughs> this is very correct. Yes. All right. What are you looking for? Meisner, by the way. Thank you. This will never happen again. All right, Ben White. What are you looking from there, my friend? I, I think there's a few things. Um, I think what you said is spot on in the sense that it's fantastic. I would rather have this game this week than I would in February. Right. I think it's a good way to rip off the bandaid early and get a test as to just how good this team is. Um, a lot of guys on this roster have been in these big moment moments before somebody like love has spent plenty of time out there in North Carolina. So he knows what going into that building means. He knows what a matchup like this means. So I'm not really worried from a confidence standpoint. I, I just don't foresee a game where Arizona is going to get absolutely blown out just because I look at the roster up and down and I look at Kansas. I look at Duke. I look at some of these other top schools. I look at Purdue with Edie and I don't think there's really a school that scares me this year where I say Arizona doesn't have a chance against them. And the reason that is, is from a matchup standpoint, I think one through five Arizona is athletic as they've ever been in recent memory. And you can talk all you want about talent. You can talk all you want about preseason top 25 rankings, but we're not sitting here having this conversation barring an injury or something like that. I don't think we're going to be having this conversation this year, guys, where you look at the matchups and you say, man, Arizona's just not tough enough. They're not athletic enough. They have the players and well, Duke is highly regarded while well, they bring back a lot of guys and it's certainly not going to be an easy test. I think it's going to be a close game either way. So this is definitely, I think, a different matchup than maybe some folks across the country are anticipating just because I think the level of depth that Arizona has and the level of athleticism cannot go overstated. 
All right. I can't I say bring me all your overrated Big Ten teams in football and basketball, whatever. I will gladly play them. Granted, you're going to be better during the regular season than you are in the postseason. Michigan State, bring it, my friends. Purdue, bring it. I have absolutely no fear of this. Uh, let's see here. Exciting times at the A. Glad you're back, Mike. Ben and Shu, great as usual. Appreciate you. And Chad McDonald. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with that. Also, we have a new sponsor here, my friend, because this thing is growing like hotcakes due to all of you right there. Oh, we're going to get to Philly B in just a second right here. Desert Federal Credit Union right there. All right. Here's the cool thing. Uh, look to a desert or no desert financial credit union, excuse me, for checking and savings accounts, mortgages, loans, credit cards, investment options, and more. Join the credit union that is committed to giving back to the community and sharing the success. Here's the deal. The call to action as the kids would say, when you open a free checking account online, get $200 in bonuses, get started by visiting desert federal or desert financial dot com slash 200 today my friends check it out right there all right um philly b this man has taken the world by storm philip borvichinin a lot of people think filiberto's is named after him to my knowledge it is not what do we think about philly b right here or as are we looking at a practice dummy or somebody that maybe gets some real minutes here john schuster I think he, uh, I've heard a rumor he owns a Del Taco franchise and uh, <laughs> that he, he, he knows how to make a mean burger. Right. Uh, so, you know, the, keep that in mind. <laughs> Hopefully he'll be uh, uh, dropping some good patties uh, on the basketball floor. Ooh, it feels like to me that wasn't very good at all, but I'm glad you liked it. Uh, it is uh, it. It feels to me like he will be a player who struggles on the defensive end and that's an that's an area that uh will be you know will that he's somebody who maybe on that end of the floor can be taken advantage of and that could be something that uh, keeps ultimately keeps him off the floor arizona on that end of the floor has an opportunity to be you know uh pretty darn good and the athleticism in that regard helps and if they can get turnovers in the open floor they're deadly in transition uh but when you're talking about that player specifically, I think you're looking at, uh, you know, there there are some skills there, but it appeared to me just out of the gate that some of the other players may be a little bit more advanced at this stage. But if that's your nine or 10 or 11 on the roster, your roster ain't bad. No. Ben, you don't see if, if I don't want to speak for you, but I'm about to. You don't see. Do you see Philly B cutting into Caleb Love's minutes this year? believe it or not, that's not something I see. That's not something I see at all. But hey, like Schuster said, if, if that's your worst option, you know, 10, 11, 12 deep, then you're doing okay. He's confident. I'll give him that. He, he goes out there and he wants to make plays. He took some shots tonight that uh, he's looking you know, to get his. He is looking to get his nine shots, 11 points. Um, definitely a, a guy to keep an eye on him and your uh, pal Dylan Anderson there who didn't nope. see minutes tonight. No, Dylan Anderson is redshirting, my friends. I actually broke the story. Don't like to. Every now, Woodward and Bernstein has somebody coming from them in the rearview mirror that they're not really sure about, you know, who's breaking this. Mike Luke is looking squarely at them and saying, I broke the Dylan Anderson red shirt news story. You can and have that's why water. we teed you up for it. You can have the Watergate right there. I've got something better right there. So on that note, though, all right, we will. Well, obviously, I'll be back on. Uh, we'll be back. We got Duke. Uh, we got Duke post game. We got Colorado post game. Back, obviously, doing the uh, normal show ten thirty. But 
for the great John Schuster, Ben White. I am merely Mike Luke. All of you out there are absolutely fantastic. Really appreciate you all. We will be back with you. And Damon behind the scenes, the great Damon. You have been listening to the AZ Wildcats postgame.